Hello, I'm back. What's the crack? Um, I, I'm in the van again. I'm not driving. The engine's turned off. I'm pulled over. But as I started talking, just, literally just there now, I can kind of hear a bit of a, an echo in my own voice. I don't know how much of that is going to be relayed into the recording, but I've kind of made me bed and I need to lie in it for the minute. But you can blame that, de that, you can blame that Des, Freudian slip. You can blame that echo on Des, Des Seepersad, past guest and friend of the show. Des, in his infinite wisdom, decided to smash the window that separates the cab, like the cabin part of the van where I sit, and the, you know, the, the van part, the storage part of the back. They're typically separated by a pane of glass, in no small part to reduce the echo when you talk, I'm sure. But um, Des, again, in his infinite wisdom, decided to relieve me of my ownership of one pane of glass and instead have me the proud owner of about 100 million pieces of glass. So, yeah, if it's, echo if it's more echoey than usual, blame Des. Also, I suppose, in relation to the quality of the audio, my brother Pat, also another past guest and friend of the show, asked me yesterday what kilobytes per second I was recording the podcast in. Now, I can't, I can't show you the face I pulled when he asked me that question because of the, the medium, the audio, the fact that this is a podcast. So I'll do what I can to, to make the sound my face would have evoked, if that makes sense. So when he asked me how many kilobytes per second I was recording my podcast in, my face essentially went, huh? Um, wouldn't be that into, you know, audio fidelity and, and all that jazz. I, I know nothing of it. Um, but Pat essentially had been told by a couple of mates of his that they had struggled to listen to my podcasts because they were, like, data heavy. So they were streaming my podcasts, were hoovering up their data. So it turns out that the solo episodes that I record on my phone, I was needlessly recording them in far too high a quality. So I've managed to reduce the file size by a factor of four. So you should get four times the value out of your data for the solo episodes. I'm yet to even look at what the conversations were being recorded in. Because it's done on a laptop, with two microphones and you know audio recording software called Audacity, and because I'm a degenerate and I don't really know what I'm doing, I'm going to go ahead and assume that the files are enormous. So apologies if I've essentially stolen all your data from you from having downloaded or streamed my conversations. That will be addressed going forward. As I said, the solo episodes will be reduced by a factor of four. So you're going to get four times the value or each episode is going to be a quarter of what it would have cost you in your data allowance. Now, on that, I've been listening to podcasts on an app called Stitcher for ages. Ever since I started listening to podcasts, I've been using Stitcher. Now, I also downloaded Acast probably about six months ago and I use it from time to time. And it's, it's a weird, it's one of those things. It's way better. I've since deleted Stitcher and I'm using Acast. Acast is far superior to Stitcher. 
Stitcher is far superior to SoundCloud. So if you're listening to this on, I would argue anything that isn't Acast, so the let, I'll spell it out, A-C-A-S-T. Acast is the app, free to download. I'm on Android, so I don't know all you iPhone wankers if it's, if it's available. I suppose you're using iTunes. If you are using iTunes, subscribe to the fucking thing. Uh, like it, comment on it, and review it, and all that jazz, that helps. But anyway, yeah, I don't know why, there's, there's a weird phenomenon there that I'm touching on, that I might um, speak about in more detail. We don't do things that we know are kind of better for us. Like, you know, you, you won't change your ESB provider, even though you know somebody else is cheaper. And it's not just the hassle of changing there's, there's a, I don't know, it's, a, it's almost a loyalty thing. It's so fucking weird. It's a, it's a, I'd say it's a, it's a throwback. It's a, it's a residual kind of social evolutionary thing that you kind of, you know, you hang around with the same people. You don't chop and change. And we've dragged that into the, the 21st century and it's manifested itself in that I've been listening to Stitcher for the last six months, even though I know Acast is better. So, look, the reason that came to mind is on your download allowance. With Acast, a handy feature is there's a download button beside each episode. So what I would recommend you do is download it on your Wi-Fi, either at home or in work or whatever else, so you're actually not using your mobile data at all. Um, Failing that, as I said... I've reduced the solo episodes at least by a factor of four. Um, So they'll only consume a quarter of what they would have consumed. Anyway. Yesterday I mentioned a a kind of a story about monks and smoking. And the reason for that was that there were, there are, I suppose that there's different ways of saying the same thing. And how you say what you say is, is, crucially important but there's also what you say and what people hear because they're not necessarily the same thing and I have an example of that of of how that's happened to me in the past I went into a shop now this is years and years and years ago 10 plus years ago I went into a shop Gaffney's in Atlumni in Navan and I went in and I asked for um, 20 silk of purple Back in the dis air when I was smoking, like a moron. But anyway, walked in. How are you getting on? Uh, I get 20 stick of purple, please. Your woman behind the counter goes, yep, yeah, no problem. Turns around, beep, hits the button. They drop out of the machine. She hands them to me and I go, oh, um, can I get a, a packet of green Rizla off you as well? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Turned around and went, she kind of paused for a second. Turned back around and said, yeah, we don't have any. And I was like, well, okay, no, no worries. You know, I'll just get the, I'll just get the cigarettes. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get them somewhere else. And she goes, yeah, I don't think you will. And I was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, I doubt you're going to get them. And I was like, but no, don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, I'll, I'll just get them in the next shop. Like, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I doubt you'll be able to get them anywhere. And I'm looking at her going, what the fuck is this woman talking about? I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, well, we're all out of them, so odds are everybody else will be all out of them. 
And I, 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 I don't know. I just don't know what to fucking make of that statement. And I'm, I'm looking at her and she doesn't appear to be taking the piss out of me. She seems to be perfectly genuine. And I go, what, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, we only buy in a certain amount of them every year. And, you know, once they're gone, they're, they're, they're gone. That's it, like. What? What are you talking about, you crazy lunatic? I'm saying to myself, like, going, is, is she fucking taking the piss out of me or what? And I said to her, I go, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, yeah, every other shop is the same. You, they only, um, I think they only make a certain amount of them every year. And, you know, once the, you can only get them for like two or three months of the year. And I'm there kind of, you know the way you start second guessing yourself and you're like, hang on a fucking second. Have I gone completely insane? Have I completely made up the memory of buying uh, Green Rizla, you know, on a weekly basis, all year, every year, and for years? And I'm trying to wrap my head around what the fuck this woman is talking about. And I was like, what? Like, are you for real? And she was like, yeah, you know, every, every shop is the same. That's, that's how it goes. They only make a certain amount of them every year. And they go out to the shops. And once they're used up, they're, they're gone. That's it. Like, you only see them for a couple of months of the year. And I'm, at this point, I'm fucking looking around for Jeremy Beadle. I mean, like, what the fuck is this woman talking about? Where's the fucking hidden cameras? Am I being fucking set up here or fucking what? Like, and, she, I, and I said to her, I was like, Green Rizza, cigarette papers. And she goes, oh, I thought you were talking about Cadbury's cream eggs. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, you crazy bitch? Cadbury's fucking cream eggs. Like, what the fuck did you get Cadbury's fucking cream eggs from a packet of green Rizla? And why would I ask you for them and not get them myself? Like, as if they were, like, you know, a, a behind-the-counter ca- behind over-18s item. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the mind fucking boggles. <laughs> but anyway, that's just a, a, a little fucking... A little example of how you can say something and that other person doesn't hear that. And I know that's a that's a the, the word escapes me. That that that's a that's almost like an extreme example of somebody just I don't know what the fuck was going through her brain. But there's elements of that in our in our kind of daily lives and especially in our relationships with our partners and our parents and our kids. And even in our friends. And I think you get away with a lot of that stuff with your friends. You say something, your friend says to themselves, what the fuck is he on about? But you just completely disregard it. Because, you know, you're not going to fall out with your friend over something that he says. Not trivially. Trivially. Trivially? Trivially? Trivially. Trivially. Sorry. Uh, you're not going to fall out with them over it. And, you know, you might, not that you'd fall out with somebody, but you might form a very different opinion of somebody that you'd only met in passing if you had taken them up wrong on something that they had said. Because with, a, with someone that you know years, there's, there's a lot of wriggle room there. There's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of, you know, you're not going to judge somebody you know for 10 years on what they said in the last 10 seconds. But if you've only met somebody that 10 seconds accounts for 100% of your relationship with them. So you're absolutely going to judge that person on what it is that they say. And another example that I can give you is I've pitched for investment to venture capitals. Venture capitals? Venture capitalists. So I've done the whole boardroom thing, Dragon's Den-esque scenario. And I've pitched for, for investment, basically. 
Now, I've never taken it. That's not to say that I was never successful in being offered it, but venture capitalists aren't your friends. Venture capitalists are good at one thing and one thing only, and that's squeezing money out of companies, and out of founders especially. Now, they're not all bad, don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a place for them, but they're not like angel investors. They're not there to you know, kind of give you a dig out and run the risk of losing a couple of grand. They're there to give you, you know, 100,000 plus, and they want it back in spades and fast and fuck you. But anyway, I remember pitching to uh, a board of investors before and did, I think it was a 10 or a 15 minute pitch in relation to the, the business that I currently run, Irish Microgreens. And finished the presentation and one of the guys, one of the venture capitalists said to me afterwards in the, in the kind of back and forth, because you know, if you've ever seen Dragon Sand, that's essentially what happens when you, you pitch to investors. You stand up, you do your spiel, and then they quiz you on the, on the details and the finances and your vision and your story and, and all the rest. But one of the guys, he told me that, and it was just a bit of honest feedback that he gave me, he thought that I was selling the systems that grow my produce. So he thought that I was selling the irrigation systems and the lighting and the heating and ventilation and nutritional um, injection systems and, and all that jazz. He thought that that's what my business was. Three quarters of the way through my presentation, he thought that. And it wasn't until the last quarter that he realized, oh, this lad is actually selling what he's growing. He's selling the produce. He's selling a product, not, you know, an all bells and whistles controlled growing environment. And uh, I thanked him for his feedback and, you know, did the whole rest of the, uh, the back and forth with, the, with himself and, and the other investors. And that was grand. But I drove home kind of shaking my head and I was shaking my head as he was talking to me. And I remember thinking to myself, what a dumb fuck. Holy sh- how dumb can you fucking be to think that I was selling the systems? What kind of a moron is he? How the fuck did he ever manage to make himself a venture capitalist and at the same time be the dumbest man in the world? What the fuck is wrong with that man? And then I kind of started looking at it a little bit more objectively and saying to myself, somebody who's sitting in that chair and who has hundreds of thousands of euro to... Uh, relatively arbitrarily dish out to companies in the hope that, you know, one in five or one in ten might make it big and he'll recuperate his losses. Somebody in that position isn't fucking stupid. And anybody who thinks that person is stupid is far more stupid themselves. And I had to take ownership of that. It wasn't that he had taken me up wrong. And, you know, maybe he did. But the fact that whatever way I phrased what I was saying allowed him to take me up wrong. I had to take ownership of that. I had to realise that I made that mistake. That wasn't his fault. If he got the wrong impression from what I said, that's because I hadn't make it I hadn't made it explicitly clear enough. And there's a there's a lesson of sorts in there for for just regular people like you and me in our daily lives. If somebody, for example, thinks you're an asshole, let's say you hear through the grapevine that somebody doesn't like you or has a low opinion of you don't be quick to just assume that person's an asshole try and one try and try and figure out i suppose why do they hold that opinion and now don't torture yourself over this because some people are just dickheads but it's worth remembering that if especially your partner if you're getting picture and no sound maybe she's not just a stupid bitch or a psycho 
maybe she's taking you up wrong. And you know, maybe, maybe that's her fault. But more than likely, it's your fault. And there's a, a guy I've mentioned before called Jocko Willink. He's an ex-Navy um, SEAL. A, a Navy SEAL like, team, le- team leader is the wrong word, but a, a Navy SEAL commander. Like He would have been over like a, a battalion or whatever the fucking terminology is. A, a top, top, top notch, highest ranking Navy SEAL type ca- character. Highly recommend you look him up. Jocko Willink is his name. J-O-C-K-O. W-I-L-L-I-N-K, Jocko Willink. Um, check out his Instagram and Facebook and all that. He has, you know, he's fairly prolific on social media. But he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership, which I'm a big fan of. Not the book, I've actually not read the book. Um, but of that, that philosophy of extreme ownership, I'm a big fan of. And essentially what it means is everything is your fault. And I, I won't go into too much detail about it, because as I talk about it now, I th- I'm kind of getting a, a sense of deja vu here that I've, I've mentioned it before, but I'll give you the essence as a reminder of nothing else. The idea of extreme ownership is that essentially everything is your fault. You know, your, your, your missus isn't talking to you, your fault. Your business isn't doing well, your fault. You're not hitting your targets in work, your fault. You're unemployed, your fault. And from the outset, you might go, Jesus, like, that's a bit fucking harsh. Fuck me, like, give yourself a break. Go easy on yourself. That's a, a really kind of harsh and negative mentality or philosophy or viewpoint to hold and like anything if you've got or like anything or everything viewing it that way is a, a kind of a glass half empty viewpoint it's a it's a pessimistic viewpoint the more positive viewpoint on that would be or the more optimistic viewpoint on that or the more productive viewpoint on that philosophy is that you're in control. You have the power to change all these things. Your missus isn't talking to you? Right, what can you do? Let's say it's your fault. Even if it's not, just assume, assume responsibility. Take ownership of it. And hence the name, you know, extreme ownership. But it's a very empowering mentality or philosophy. So you could say on one hand that that was the investor's stupid fault. He wasn't listening or he wasn't paying attention. And that does happen, obviously. But the extreme ownership mentality is, and in this case it's not that extreme, but the extreme ownership mentality is he took you up wrong, which means that you didn't make it fucking clear enough to him what it was that you were talking about. And it's an empowering viewpoint. You're out of work? Okay. You're out of work and it's your fault. What what are you going to do to rectify that? What steps are you going to make? What are you going to do to change that? You create your own reality. You are steering your ship. You are the one that controls your own destiny. And if you don't have that mentality or something similar to it, life's going to shit all over you. Or at least life can. There's a high possibility that life is going to shit all over you. But... Yeah, that more or less wraps it up. I I wanted to get that idea of the difference between how you say what you mean, what you say, how you say it, how it's received. These are things that we all should, I suppose, I suppose just re-examine and think twice about. It's a real good food for thought thing. So maybe the, the next time somebody takes you up wrong, or maybe the next time herself is, you know, giving you a picture and no sound, or maybe you're, you're, you're 
kid turns around and tells you that they don't love you or, or you know, your, your mom eats the head off you, your dad tells you to fuck off or your boss, you know, is giving you a hard time over something. Maybe just objectively in your own head, in your own time, try and reevaluate it to see what, could, what, what possibly could you have done different. The idea being that these things are going to happen. You're, there's going to be miscommunication in your life. That's guaranteed. And there's going to be times when you're out of work. And there's going to be times when you know she's not talking to you, or he's not talking to you, or maybe he's been a fucking crazy psycho. But there's real value in, I suppose, looking at yourself objectively and just just taking the fucking time to uh, try and ensure that you have the life that you want to that you want to have, or at least not have the life that you don't want to have. But on that somewhat philosophical note, any questions, comments, or queries. I'm all ears. I'm off the lead at gmail.com. Will get me directly. The Patreon, as always, and thank you again to the patrons. www.patreon.com forward slash off the lead. If you've ever set up a Facebook account or ever bought anything online, it is literally that simple. You can donate a euro a month or a once off donation. Everything and anything is appreciated. And I'll chat you soon.